Welcome to Shattered, the podcast. This is the podcast where we discuss mental illness. It's by a sufferer, for sufferers, and for the people that are looking to understand what it's like to live with mental illness. Well, g'day, g'day, and welcome back to Shattered, the podcast. I'm Mark. Glad to be with you once again. I'm out of surgery. I'm back home, being well cared for by my lovely wife, who is with me today. Mary, how are you today? Hi, everybody. I'm good. Okie dokie. Thank you for coming on the show, because I wanted to talk to you about caring during a lockdown or being a Mm. carer during lockdown. So everybody's doing it tough. We get that. We have all our individual difficulties. But you also have the problem of not only caring for a husband who is physically unwell but mentally unwell, but also three children, two of whom have psychological issues as well. That's very true. Your plate is more than full. Before we start out, before we go anywhere with this, I just first of all want to say that Meredith is doing such an amazing job. Our whole family is lucky to have her and we appreciate her and she's taken time out of her very busy schedule to chat to us today. All right, so, man, talk to me about self-care. We've discussed it on podcasts before, Today, I'm looking at the angle of the necessity of self-care. How are you finding, first of all, the lockdown yourself? Um, I just wanted to refer back before I go into that about you mentioned earlier how I look after three people in the home with mental health issues and what a big deal that is. Funnily enough, it's not something that you realise until someone says that to you. Mm Mm-hmm. And during this lockdown period, um, of course, we're all in each other's space, 24-7. Everyone's around. Everyone's talking, looking at each other. And that goes on day in, day out. So, in essence, you're saying that it's very easy to lose track of how full your plate is? Absolutely. Uh, You have to understand that even during lockdown, both of my girls have appointments that they have to attend And as they are minors, I'm still involved in those appointments, actively involved in the appointments. I'm keeping track of them. I'm working full time. I'm helping you. Uh, It's never ending on a daily basis in keeping track of each person and what they're doing. With the way that it's so easy to get caught up in the lives of the people that you're caring for... How important is it for you to take moments to care for yourself? Or are you looking for those moments? Or are you being needed to be reminded that you need those moments? It's actually, that's a really great question. I actually think this time around, having been in COVID situation where you're in lockdown, is completely different to my previous experience that I've spoken in in my other carer series. Mm when it's been me looking after you. Yeah. This time around, I don't think I've been as mindful about looking after myself or perhaps I have been looking after myself and not actually noticed it. It's a bit of both is what I think. Yeah. 
Um, in a lockdown situation, it's different because you're all cohabitating together and the things that are happening um, are happening all the time. Mm. So it's like a constant exposure situation. And I think that with people who have mental health issues, they're in and they're out. Some days they're good, some days they're not. And that can vary from the morning to midday to afternoon. You can be having a great morning and then by the time the afternoon comes around, that's a completely different scenario altogether. Mm. Tack onto that, then adding in therapists' appointments, then talking to people about their concerns and issues as well. Now, people might be confused listening to you. They may think that you are an extroverted kind of person, but the fact of the matter is that you are by inclination an introvert. I definitely am. And so I I think some people find it amusing because as an introvert, at its essence, I love lockdown. Love lockdown. Why? Because I don't have to talk to anybody. I don't have to see anybody except for the people in my immediate family, obviously. I was going to say, is there, is there an addendum that says that your family's okay? Or Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty, you know me, I'm pretty brittle and to the point. And I'll often say I love lockdown except the fact that all of my family is around me 24-7 <laughs> and you don't get that time to recharge. I do want to just clarify that because introverts, if you're not aware, have to be away from people to recharge themselves and yeah. get energy back. Yeah. So let's talk about deliberateness then because you don't have a lot of natural openings anymore in a lockdown like you do in a normal weekday. So say you're working from home, hopefully the kids are at school. Uh, if you're working at the office, you can maybe take off for you by yourself at lunchtime to go for a walk. So how deliberate do you need to be? And have you been deliberate enough with yourself? In that not having opportunities, I would say yes and no. I think you can still find plenty of opportunities if you're being mindful about um, allocating time to it. In my situation, I'm in a lockdown. I have the kids who I'm actively looking after as well as yourself, checking in with everyone all throughout the day. But at the same time, if I'm needing a break, um, because what people might be aware is uh, working full time, I have a home office, which is in my bedroom. So I'll actually then go into the bedroom and close the door. Now, that doesn't always work with kids as plenty of people listening to this may know they still like to come and check you out and look at you you're still there but sometimes just even having five ten minutes with that door closed and you're a bit more isolated and alone for someone particularly like myself or people who are just feeling a bit taxed looking after someone else there's your sanity right there even if you're still having to work you're working without any other distractions without anyone else talking to you um, the other thing is I actively exercise. So I get out. I'm the first person awake in the morning. I'm out at sunrise going for a 40 to 50-minute walk every single morning. And there's something amazing and beautiful about being out in the quiet and the silence. 
perhaps someone who's more extroverted might feel differently about that and love the fact when they run into another person who's masked up the same as they are. Out of, say, let's pretend it's a report card. What kind of grade would you give yourself? A, you've been mindful and looking after yourself consistently. To F, fail, you haven't been looking after yourself. What kind of grade would you give? I'd probably give myself a C during lockdown. Mm-hmm. I think it's too easy for you so, to get yourself caught up in more than just routine. Um, a part of it essentially is you're checking in with your kids who are doing home learning, but you find that you go and spend more time in going to check on them. Are you doing your schoolwork? You're not doing your schoolwork. Do your schoolwork. To asking everyone, how are they feeling today? Not too stressed. What are you stressed about? What do you need help with? Um, to even just thinking about dinner. What am I going to make for dinner? Have they eaten lunch? So because you're thinking about all these things, even though I do actively still go out for a walk, I think by the end of the day you can feel exhausted and overwhelmed because of just the consistency of having to do it all and having to be mindful of everything that's going on in the house. Mm. We don't really structure evening activities together. Sort of from just about dinner onwards, everybody's sort of in their own corners. The kids head to their rooms, they pretty much shut their doors, chat to their friends, play their games. You and I will sit out in the TV room and just be together. Uh, watch shows if we can find them, but just we hang out there. Has that been a positive thing? Because my natural inclination is to say I'm being a bad parent because I'm not engaging in game nights and movie nights and, you know, doing all the good things that good so-called parents are supposed to do. Do you think that's been a positive thing in our house? From my perspective, I think it has, but you see things very differently than I have. So how how are you perceiving that? I think that the time and moments are a positive thing. Keeping in mind that our children are older, not everyone has that flexibility and they've got quite young children in the house. So therefore... They're running a lot, lot differently to you and I, where our kids are now, you know, our youngest is 12, our eldest is 17, so sure, they're addicted to their devices, very happy to sit there playing online game with friends, rather than coming and hanging out with mum and dad and watching things or playing games or all the other things that a lot of parents may do. And then again, with younger kids, you get into a completely different routine because you have to have a night routine and then you're getting the kids into bed early much earlier than our kids and then you know parents have that time after that it's just that our time happens probably a lot sooner than theirs and we don't have to worry about our kids because they're older even when our kids were young though we tried to foster in them a bit of independence I would say a high level of independence in our children. More, not in the way of, okay, we want you to go and get a job and earn money, but independence as in being able to be in their own company, uh, not needing one of us to sit with them constantly entertaining them. Also, I've never been in a position 
where I've had the luxury to be able to do that. Mm. I've always worked full time and not a criticism, but you've had mental health issues now for 15 years mm. or whilst all of our children were young and it's just not been a practical part of our family yeah. in general. But it doesn't mean that even in lockdown, even in during the time when you were suffering the most, that you still can't capture lovely moments with your kids yeah. and enjoy that moment with them. And I think in lockdown, you can still do that. Um, sometimes my special moment with the kids is just going in and not even checking up on their schoolwork. It's just leaning over, giving them a kiss and a cuddle and enjoying that moment with them mm. and them loving that from you. It doesn't have to be a whole scenario where you're playing you know, charades or Pictionary or something like that. It doesn't have to be like that. Yeah. You implemented something that I think is worth mentioning. You've gone for the kids now. They need to give you a one-minute cuddle. It's an interesting one, actually. It has a basis. Yeah, I, and that's why I want to bring it up because it's based in science, but it's incredibly fun and it's very easy to do. It is. It was based on a story that I actually read where a teacher and a student scenario where the student was struggling mm -hmm. on this particular day. And being a teenager, they weren't um, – they were always a bit moody, a bit – unhappy and a bit sad and in talking to their teacher their teacher asked permission and said can I give you a cuddle for a minute obviously the conversation had led to that point where yeah. that's what the teacher felt that the student needed mm. and the student of course kind of shrugged their shoulders yeah yeah okay and the teacher said no 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 if we do this cuddle, you must commit to a minute. Do you understand? And will you commit to the cuddle? They said yes. So he then gave the kid a cuddle who at first was quite stiff, mm. obviously. Then around the 22nd mark, the student started to shift around a bit, which is actually pretty normal because normally that's when you would stop cuddling. Yeah. They kept going and then eventually the student relaxed and then the student then got their head and lent it on their shoulder and it actually worked out that the cuddle kept going on past a minute and the student was quite happy just to stay there in the cuddle. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing. So I tried it. I tried it with all my three kids. My first, my 17-year-old, I asked her to share a, a cuddle with me for a minute and while she was confused at first saying, Why? I said, just do it. Just give me a cuddle for a minute. <laughs> and that's right. Sometimes you've got to beg your children for love. And she did. And sure enough, coming into 45 seconds, she moved ahead and rested it on my shoulder. Yeah. And it was lovely. And it went for over a minute. Okay. Um, my son, who's my youngest, he's 12. I asked him, I said, do you want to do a minute cuddle? And he had his iPad. He had his headphones on and everything and but as soon as I said that he says yeah headphones <laughs> came off iPad went down and we were having a cuddle for a minute not even complicated for him yeah and then my most beautiful but difficult one I asked her to give me a cuddle for a minute and I had head shaking no 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 <laughs> 
backing away from me. No, I'm not doing that. Not doing it. Not doing it. And I gave her a cuddle for a minute. And even though she objected, I'm still convinced she liked that cuddle. Even though she swears to me black and blue, she didn't enjoy any part of those seconds. (laughs) What I loved about that in so many different ways when you told me that you were doing it, you were doing something for yourself. You were just having a quiet minute with your kids. You were doing something that you all laughed about and it was simple and it took 60 seconds to do. For all Mm. the people out there that are so busy, just think about that. Just taking 60 seconds. What is your thought process when you start thinking about, okay, I've got to start taking care of myself first? I can actually feel that I've reached my limit and I can reach my limit on a daily basis because there's a lot going on in the house always. When I know that I've reached that maximum of talking, Mm -hmm. we actually have a wonderful way in which you and I communicate now in which I can come and tell you that I'm going to have a break, I'm out (laughs) and you need to tag in and I need you to do this and you do this. You need to go tell this kid this and do this because I'm not going to. I'm not going to do it. And in that moment, I might choose to either go and have a nice long shower or I might lay on my bed and stream a show or I might go for a walk again Mm. just to get out of the house So then you know that there's no one who's going to come wanting something from you. Um, And that's what I do. Do you look at taking things spontaneously or do you try and schedule a break so you've got something to look forward to? In lockdown, it's really been in the spare of the moment. Mm. I have this moment, I'm going to take it (laughs) and I'm going to do something for myself. Have those moments been at places where you've had enough or have you just sensed within yourself, I might need a little bit of a break now? Both. Both actually. Yeah. But I do tend to find that I take my merry time moments, not necessarily when I'm probably feeling overwhelmed or feeling like I can't have one more conversation with someone. Is, is that like too late once it gets to that point? No, not for me. No? No. Because you're still, even though you might be feeling overwhelmed, now for some people they may need to take a break in that moment. Mm. They might need to say, okay, I'm going to walk away now. I'm going to do X, Y, Z and that's going to make the difference. But for me, I might just go back into my workspace and I might just close the door Mm. and just take five minutes just to say, it's okay. That conversation's finished and I'll take some time this afternoon when I get a moment. Yeah. When an issue came up a couple of weeks ago, and I don't want to mention the issue because that's not the point, I came up with a weird piece of advice and I wanted to ask you how that went. I suggested that you perhaps step back a little bit emotionally, like not stop caring, not stop feeling the pain of the situation and that sort of thing. But I just said, maybe, you know, just take some of the emotion out of it. Take some of your stress out of it and say it needs to get done. But if it doesn't, it's not really the end of the world. Now, I don't know if that advice was good. And I 
That's what I want to come to you with now. At that time and in that situation, did you find that helpful to just step back a little bit emotionally from a very, very tense situation? I'm going to say yes. I think as parents, it's very easy to lose perspective. Mm. It's very hard to, because you always want to help. You're a mom or you're a dad. You want to be helping your child. But that, you know, there's a very, very fine line between helping to being a hindrance as well. Yeah. Um, Keeping in mind that we've got quite a big age gap in our kids, all needing different things. Now, for our kids, I'm always balancing between the fact that they have mental health issues and they struggle, they get anxious, they get overwhelmed, but still needing them to do what they need to do. And that that is probably the hardest thing. Mm. Um, and then being their own worst enemy, not doing the things they should be doing and then getting themselves overwhelmed. <laughs> That, that's that's got to be the most fun. Mum, I've been sad all day. Okay, have you done your strategies? No. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> right. Don't do anything that could possibly help you. I've Gosh. tried. I've tried nothing, and nothing's worked. Exactly. It's so frustrating, and I do want to say that to parents out there with kids who have mental health issues, it can be difficult not to be emotive and not to want to be part of the solution, but you have to sort of understand where your place in that is. Yeah. And that's what you and I talk about a lot as well because we've got very different approaches with our kids and they complement each other. Yeah. That's the best part of it. So for me, it means I have a person. So if I'm not sure if what I'm doing, saying or what I'm hearing is correct, I've got a sounding board in you. Mm. And I think it's important for Uh, people out there, if you don't have a partner who you can talk to, it is important for you to find a person who you can, whether that's another family member, whether it's a sibling or just a really, really good friend who you can bounce those things off. I think that's firstly vital to help keep your sanity so that you're not overthinking everything because that's what you do with kids or even a partner with mental health is you're overthinking everything. You're wanting to solve all the problems, everything that comes into the head. And it's just not going to happen. That's not practical. Mm. You're going to put yourself as well as them into a fail. It is interesting that because I know at times I've said things to you and you've gone away and thought about it and spent time dealing with it. And you come back a week later and go, I finally come up with a solution to this problem. And I go, what problem? Mm. That's really frustrating. (laughs) It does seem to be something that you've gotten better at ascertaining what's important. Some of my ravings, you just go, shoop, let it go straight through to the keeper and forget about it. Uh, mm. You've gotten better at picking up what are my real concerns. Mm. Keep it in mind, this is 15 years down the track from when we first started. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nice. Oh, look, you know, knowledge is power and um, and that. That's, that is correct. And so I'm approaching our relationship and your mental health mm-hmm. in a completely different way from when we started. Yeah. And I've talked a bit about that a little bit also in my other carer series yeah. that we've done. Uh, I do highly recommend that series. You can go through all the links. 
Uh, they're all there. Conversations with Mary. There's three parts to that conversation. And I know we got her in for another one. She's a permanent guest on the show. And I no doubt we will have her back again. So we've got the last final minutes. And as always, I want to give my guests the final say. If you had to sum it all up, how would you do that for them today? Again, just try and find your moments where you can find a moment. Um, That can be really, really hard and I do understand it so, so well. But there's nothing more important than even taking five minutes to do a little something, something that will make the difference to to your day, to that moment. Um, And whether that's whether you talk to someone or whether you go and have a tea or a coffee, whatever it is, I highly recommend that you do that, particularly in lockdown situations where we're all cohabitating so closely with each other. And I think that it's even a good idea to set some boundaries, uh, boundaries with kids, boundaries with partners, because there's only so much of you to go around. And I think you need to be aware of that And also be aware of the fact that in a lot of situations, you're the foundation and the rock in which everyone else needs. And if you're not looking after yourself, you're not being the rock that everyone else is relying on as well. And it's it's just so crucial. It's so important that you do the little things that will make the difference for everyone else and also help you to manage better on a daily basis. Mayor, thanks so much for coming back on the show today. I look forward to chatting to you later on, probably in the lounge room or the kitchen, Mm. Uh, but we'll get you back on the show at some stage. Thanks, Bob. I appreciate it. No worries. Thank you for listening to Shattered, the podcast. I'd like to thank our producer, Meredith Brosnan, our executive producer, Torian Lau, and the band Adelaide for allowing us to use their song as our theme. Go to shatteredthepodcast.com for more information.